welcome to yet another episode of Doom and Gloom. So that absolutely amazing little bit of instrumental black metal there for you uh, was Downfall of Gaia. So that particular track was Vulnus, which not only is the opening to our show, but the opening to their album Suffocating in the Swarm of Cranes. Instrumental black metal, not all that common. What did you think, Wayne? I was just saying, uh, off mic, uh, how much it reminds me of the 28 Weeks Later soundtrack. Um, and it has that kind of, uh, I think it's John Murphy does a soundtrack, but it has that kind of gentle, and it's the second time I've used the word gentle describing this band. <laughs> but but uh, it, it really is that kind of, it just lulls you into this nice, relaxed state. Um, it's tree ambience for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like an embrace. Like it completely sucks you into it, and you just can't imagine anything happening away from the album. Yeah, awesome stuff. But uh, we're gonna have to destroy all that nice gentle talk <laughs> of embracing and, li- and the like, um, and bring on some death metal. This next band are from Columbus, Ohio. It's a necrotic disgorgement uh, with their track. Ice pick ear sodomy.
So how's that for a bit of uh, brutality for you? Um, that is Ice Pick Ear Sodomy by the wonderful Necrotic Disgorgement unsettling all our nice, polite, ambient black metal. That's from their 2013 album, Documentaries of Dementia, and it's out now through Comatose Music. As of all of our stuff, head on over to the Doom and Gloom Facebook page. Uh, we'll post details of all of the tracks we're playing today um, and uh, where you can find out more about how to purchase them, uh, chat to the bands etc like you said just a completely honest no frills brutal bit of death metal which i really enjoy uh as much as i love downfall of Gaia and um you know being a real wank and going on about them you can't beat just someone pumping your uh, eardrums out with a brutal bit of guitar bit of drums and a guy singing about how much he'd like to fuck you in the ear with an ice pick <laughs> yeah pretty much nailed it it's it's interesting because we were talking again off mic. We do a lot more talking off mic than we do on mic. It seems um, about the formula for death metal names. It seems that you kind of take a pretty nasty predicament, uh, such as disgorgement in this case, and then you find a, a rather um, offensive adjective to just make it all the more brutal, like necrotic. <laughs> um, and it's it's a winning formula in my mind. Uh, I don't think. Very many people within the death metal scene take themselves all that seriously. I think it's all meant very much tongue-in-cheek, um, and they're having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's what makes it so great, is that it's not taking itself really, really seriously. It's okay to just have fun in music, even music as extreme as, as what we're playing here. The thing that I wonder is what it's like to sing that every single night and sort of then go and kiss your girlfriend with the same mouth that you, mouth that you were talking about <laughs> raping people with a minute ago, you know what I mean? You know, no judgment, I'm all for it. But, um, you know, it must be must be interesting occupying that headspace so often. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's bizarre because, like, I, I'm a, obviously a horror fan um, and uh, really enjoy watching movies and stuff, like, of very questionable content. Um, but I suppose you're a passive participant in those situations. Um, whereas if you're uh, singing in a death metal band or whatever, and it's like um, torture kind of lyrics and stuff like that, you're a more active participant. Um, and again, yeah, absolutely no judgment whatsoever. I'm all for it. I, I love this stuff um, and I love the horror element to it. Uh, I really do enjoy that. Um, but it must be, you know, it must be a challenge sometimes if you're feeling you know, not really in the mood to sing about this kind of stuff. How do you get yourself in that zone? In the same way that I suppose Alice Cooper back in the day wasn't walking around always thinking about beheading himself and being the boogeyman, you create a bit of an online persona, uh, yeah, on stage persona, sorry. Yeah, I guess that must be part of it. Once you're on stage, I know myself having played shows, I'm sure you do as well, Wayne, you get on stage and you just feel different. You're pumped up, you know, everything is feeling good and you just get on with it and, and deliver it, I suppose. Probably less of a challenge to build up uh, the energy and aggression required for death metal than it would be maybe at, at times to build up the uh, the kind of uh, maudlin vibe that you do require for likes of black metal or some of the Doom stuff we play. You know, if you're feeling a pretty perky mood <laughs> and your lyrics are, are about depressive stuff like suicide and blah, 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 um, it's going to bring you down a little. Definitely. And as you said, I suppose the other thing that I'd add to that is death metal, hopefully, at least, you haven't personally experienced ear sodomy. Whereas <laughs> perhaps, especially as you're saying with a lot of the suicidal black metal bands, these are more inward, introspective, personal lyrics. And so I suppose... It could be a little bit more disturbing 
if you're not in that place anymore or not in that place at that particular time revisiting it and i suppose that's a lot to do with why a lot of bands such as Zasta don't play live and that when you do get these kind of bands like life lover i know played a lot of shows it's a really special thing and it's quite rare to get that sort of outward facing um, interaction okay so next song concrete wastes the the title band called norse the album all is mist and fog so check it out we'll be back
Okay, so as I said, that was Concrete Wastes from Norse, uh, the album All Is Mist and Fog, and that one is available for free over on their Bandcamp. So as ever, uh, our Facebook, Doom and Gloom, all the links and everything that you need will be on there. And I'm just going to take this moment, uh, anyone who listened to the first episode uh, will possibly remember that I said that I didn't really know of any extreme metal bands that came from Australia, and I have just realised we featured an Australian extreme metal band on every episode, so Australia... I apologise. <laughs> okay, so kind of blackened death, probably more death than black there. But, you know, got lots of tremolo riffs and, and what have you. I really like that sort of thing. Reminds me of bands like Belfegor, awesome German blackened death band, actually. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a blackened death feel. The vocals very much uh, got a black feel. It reminded me in places of Men and Tool from week one. Guitar is definitely a lot more groovy. I feel like a groove laden. But yeah, I really liked it for that. Um, I think it's nice when bands do mix it up a little bit and have influences of different uh, subgenres going on. Um, it certainly makes it more interesting. All right, so uh, moving back to something a little bit uh, less serious, shall we say. Um, we've got the, the one man band that is Gore Obsessed. Um, now, this is the brainchild of Justin Grind, and I don't think that's his real name. Um, and it's uh, from a 2013 album, Demented Sexual Killer. <laughs> so yeah, you get a feel for just what Justin's about here. Big horror fan, and this one is called Fulci Lives. Buried alive. Tortured. Scalded. Stabbed. Sawn in two. track there um i i love it i think it's just uh it's a real honest to god death metal tune bangs away there and uh rather furiously and um it's just full of fun yeah the whole album's like that 12 or 13 tracks and yet it weighs in just under 15 minutes <laughs> a drum machine sam didn't strike me as a drum machine to start with but yeah that's all the instruments are played by justin um, and he does the drum programming as well there. It's really interesting. The drums cut through really powerfully. I was saying to Wayne just now, it reminds me of the early wave of power violence bands just really stripped down, banging away. 
doesn't seem like a drum machine at all. While simple and good fun also shows that Justin clearly knows his way around an instrument. Mostly, I suppose, the vocal that's driving it in terms of being a death metal record. Um, and that's that's something that's very interesting, how the, the vocal can just change the whole uh, dynamic. Strip the vocals away and you could be listening to, as I said, a power violence or a, a hardcore album easily just a a real deep growl as opposed to kind of more of a shout or indeed a shrill kind of scream can be sometimes all the difference that there is between a classic black you know black metal album classic hardcore album classic death album and it'd be really interesting to see someone who mixed all of those together and see what you'd come up with okay so the album is demented sexual killer um, that track was Filchy Lives, and you can find out more about that, obviously, at the Doom and Gloom page. That's Doom, N, apostrophe, Gloom. Um, our Facebook page will have all the details of the bands uh, we're featuring the show this week, as every week. Now, I will say that that's available through Torn Flesh Records, and all of their stuff is available to download for free from their Bandcamp. Uh, okay, Sam, you've got a little bit more gloom for us. I do indeed. Continuing the slightly death-driven uh, black metal, uh, we've got Bishop's Gate, the song, the band Antiquus Infestus, and the album is called Order of the Star of Bethlehem. <laughs>
Okay, so that was Bishop's Gate, Antichus Infestus, Order of the Star of Bethlehem. We were just discussing whether that was more traditional black male, like Wayne considered it a bit more traditional, whereas to me, still a little bit more death-influenced, which again follows on from what we were saying last week about what makes black metal, what when is black metal black metal, and when is it not. That particular band reminded me quite a lot of Behemoth, actually. But interesting to hear uh, that that was an early effort from uh, Antichus Infestors, whereas obviously Behemoth started kind of grim, necro, minimal production, and then grew into the more death-inspired. There are elements of, of death in there, particularly within the guitar work um, and uh, the breaks and stuff, whereas I suppose black metal traditionally would be just a wall of noise. What reminded me mostly of that kind of traditional black metal sound was the vocals again. And it's like going back to Gore Obsessed, how whilst um, you may have elements of hardcore and Gore Obsessed, the vocals definitely did bring it um, firmly into the death metal camp. Okay, so sticking with death metal, that seems to be the theme of the week. Um, We're moving on to an Irish band. This is Skewered with their track Ordained Abstained. Oh, <laughs> 
Alrighty, so that's the uh, Dublin band Skewered with Ordained Abstained. That's from their 2012 uh, self-titled release. You can get that now through Anopsis Records. Um, I picked this one up alongside the Necrotic Disgorgement album uh, from the good people at UKM Records. Now, UKM are great. They've got uh, their own label, but they've got a wonderful distro. Pretty much stock a lot of really extreme stuff you'll not find anywhere else and great prices. Honestly, I'm not being sponsored by them, but <laughs> get yourself on over to UKM Records and check out what they've got in store. What do you think of that, Sam? Skewered? Uh, for me, a death metal record, but there's definitely hints of doom in there. Yeah, definitely. The, what I really liked about it was a lot of death metal, because it's so fast, so technical, it's extreme and it's metal, but it's not really heavy. Whereas that, especially the first half of the track, just really heavy, as you said, kind of doomish, sort of just pounds on the guitar. But then also kindled my my love of extreme technicality with a double-handed bass tap in there. Just it, it sets my fingers alight. It makes me want to, as, as I think I said last week, just go and pick the bass up and uh, give it a go. So a really nice mix of the two there. Okay, so definitely breaking with the death and uh, torturous um, vibe that we've had for the majority of this show. Going over to a band that I'm a really big fan of, again, I've been a fan of all of the projects that the various members have been involved with, um, actually, and there's quite a few of them. This particular band, Lightbearer, the track is called Celestium Apocrypha, Book of Watchers, and comes from their split with Northless. It's a nice long one, lots and lots going on, just a really, really nice track, so check it out.
Okay, and we're back. So that was Lightbearer, Celestium Apocrypha, Book of Watchers from their split with Northless. And I believe that that is available on Bandcamp. Certainly their new album, Silver Tongue, definitely is. And I absolutely recommend that you go and check that out. Uh, Very ambient, I guess, you know, which is the feel of a lot of the black metal we, we play on the show. Again, we were talking earlier on of just the the different uh, direction black metal or a lot of black metal is going. Mostly, I suppose, the UK and US black metal. I think there was an article in issue 53 of Zero Tolerance, which was discussing this in depth. And I just think it's it's really interesting because the roots of black metal, and I'm not an expert on this by any stretch of imagination, so keep me right here, Sam. But the roots of it certainly seem to be more grounded in... Uh, a very kind of um, minimalist vibe Um, and uh, it's just interesting to see it going in such a complex direction. Absolutely, you're completely right. It was incredibly minimalistic, as raw as possible, as lo-fi as possible. Um, Anyone who's seen the amazing documentary Until the Light Takes Us um, from a couple of years ago will fondly recall Varg Vikings uh, describing recording early early Burzum material and the um, studio engineer saying to him, so do you want to set the drums up? And he just scowls at him and says, set the drums? No, I don't want to set the drums. What are you talking about? So where's your amp? What's the worst amp that you've got? And instead of using a monitor, he uses a headset. Because it was the most necro thing he could find. And um, it's a a funny little uh, segment, but so true. And I think that it's interesting that as the music itself is expanding and becoming more ambient and more far-reaching um, as you said on both sides of the uh, both sides of the pond so to speak so too are the ideas and the philosophy i know that Lightbearer had a, a great conversation with with alex who does a lot of the vocals and a lot of the uh, themes behind Lightbearer, which incidentally you should uh, definitely try and check out there's some really interesting articles and interviews that they've done um, that are up on their website interesting that you've got these really in-depth really well thought about articulated philosophies and, and worldviews. yeah it's interesting again it's going back to the conversation we had about death metal earlier and uh you know how that we we don't really have a problem with with very valent lyrics and stuff like that well speaking for myself and sam i guess <laughs> maybe not, not the general wider public yeah. <laughs> but i just don't have a problem with um and i don't have a problem i don't i don't view anybody who is a uh, in a violent death metal band as being a valent person any more than i view myself um as being a more valent person for reading and writing horror likewise you know a, a horror movie director you, you don't think that that person themselves is valent or twisted in any way it's just art but i think when it comes to some of the black metal stuff some of the material uh particularly some of the earlier more traditional material is known for being nazi in tendencies and uh, racist and, and having a lot of kind of uh, i suppose negative worldviews in that sense it's an interesting discussion because do, do we do we not listen to those bands? Does it matter if we what we think of, of their philosophies? Does it matter what a band's philosophy is? Or is a band made up of individuals with different distinct philosophies? And the interesting thing, obviously, is that, you know, when the lyrics are so difficult to make out, does it really kind of matter what, what we're listening to? What, what do you f- feel about that, Sam? Again, just speaking entirely for myself, I'm going to use Burzum again as an example. I listen to Burzum. I'm a huge fan of Burzum. Obviously, every Everybody knows Varg's unfortunate, shall we say, worldviews. And I know that a lot of people think that they're a lot more than unfortunate. That aside, I really don't believe that whether he believes in whatever he believes, I don't think that that really matters. Not to me anyway. The lyrics... 
you can't make out what he's saying aside from anything they're in norwegian unless you happen to speak norwegian you wouldn't be able to translate them anyway so obviously if you're being really overtly anti-semitic or national socialist or whatever else it might be you know it doesn't necessarily have a big fix or a big bearing on your enjoyment of the band. As I said, that's my personal view. I know that a lot of people feel very differently. Obviously, there's a lot of anti-Varg sentiment, and so therefore a lot of people boycott Burzum. But to be honest, I can't help but feel that they're shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. There's some phenomenal music out there. And just in the same way that I listen to some religious music, um, I'm definitely not a religious person in any way, but that doesn't stop music or art inspired by religion or inspired by great faith being of great value and, you know, being something that I can enjoy. I know it's very different to talk about likes of uh, nationalist socialist tendencies, racism, things like that, all things which I view as despicable. It's different to talk about that as maybe two people differing and maybe uh, another political mindset say a Democrat versus a Republican. Uh, both things I also view as despicable, by the way, <laughs> for the record. Um, but um, I don't know. I just find that if we were to just curtail ourselves to um, enjoying art made by people who represented our particular worldview, we would have a very difficult time in, in, in choosing stuff. Uh, Lovecraft, established horror writer, which I don't really like, to be honest, but um, he was was well known for being a racist, and, and perhaps people argue that would be uh, symptomatic of the time in which he was writing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one, and I respect anyone's particular opinion on it. I think you choose for yourself what you do. If you're strong in your own uh, mindset, I don't think it's going to really matter. Alrighty, so uh, up next is Learning to Unlearn from Dark Castle. A little bit of sludge to break up all this serious death and black we're playing. <laughs> Thank you. 
that was Learning to Unlearn by Dark Castle, um, a Florida two-piece, and that's from their 2011 album, Surrender to All Life Beyond Form. It's available now um, from Profound Lore. Um, I really like that. Uh, I picked up this album after thoroughly enjoying um, their previous album. This album is a lot more experimental, and for a while, for the first few listens, I wasn't so sure about it, but, you know, three or four spins and I'm really getting into it. I really, really enjoyed that, actually. I don't tend to get really captivated by the sort of doomier end of things, but that was absolutely fantastic. Dirge-like, I was just saying now, which is a really nice term. Bit of an air of despair, but without being, you know, overpowering. Yeah, I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Going to move on now to our next track. Uh, it'll be the last bit, of, uh, last bit of gloom for this evening. The track is Chime of Lifeless Matter, the band Theoria and the album Mantra, which is available for free on Bandcamp. So give it a listen.
So there we are, absolutely stunning track, full of atmosphere, full of emotion, really, really, really enjoyed that. So that was, to remind you, Chime of Lifeless Matter by Theoria from their Mantra album, which, as we said earlier, is free on their Bandcamp. A couple of things I want to say about that, actually. Um, first, really reminded me of your kind of Blue Tails Nord, had that kind of vibe to it, um, which is a band that I really, really enjoy. But for a relatively unknown band, really mature effort. And uh, I see on the details on their webpage uh, that they're from Syria. Um, which I'm definitely confident, not like the Australian debacle, (laughs) definitely confident in saying that I don't know too many Syrian bands that sound like that. I do appreciate uh, a lot of people's thoughts when they say they wish to remain within a very traditional sound of black metal. Um, And Men and Tool, who were a band we played the first week, maybe have more of a a fitting within that traditional sound. This is going in a completely different realm altogether. Um, and I appreciate that for it. It's, it's almost more ambient as opposed to black metal. You wouldn't necessarily call it ambient black metal, or I wouldn't. I'd be call it blackened ambient. Definitely. Uh, and I think you struck on a good point again when we were chatting about the track, in that you said that you could introduce someone who wasn't a, a, a fan of even metal full stop. And I think that they'd really, really enjoy that. I can imagine people that are into bands like, um, say, Godspeed You, Black Emperor, and some of those more ambient bands not traditionally associated with the scene. I could really see them getting into it, and certainly off of the back of success of other bands that are doing similar things, um, like Death Heaven on Death Winch uh, with their album Sunbather from this year. Um, and then obviously, again, going back to the Cascadian bands I was talking about last week, uh, that you know, your likes of Walls in the Throne Room. It's just so nice to, as you said, see a real international flavour, not only in black metal, but in the podcast, and also not just with the bands that we feature, but also in the people that seem to be listening it, uh, listening in on us. Um, you know, sort of people popping up on Facebook, having liked it or commented on it from all over the world, which is just absolutely fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, more of that definitely. And on that point, I'd just like to say, anyone who ever has got any feedback on what we say or what we play please do uh, get in contact on the Facebook page it's always awesome to hear from anyone and uh, obviously you can let us know if you think that we're shit and that we should do something different (laughs) or indeed obviously nice to hear from you if you think um, you know that we're doing a good job so yeah please do get in contact so anyway final track of the uh, of the show I'll hand over to Wayne just bringing it back right down into the gutter um, we've got a nice Welsh band also bringing it back to Wales eh? these guys are from Swansea I saw them playing at a Sludge Doom Night down in the Full Moon which is an awesome place in Cardiff to go and hear a little bit of Doom they just, they just stood out like a sore thumb um, but really great guys uh, really wonderful sounds um, and um, on down the line if we start to bring in some guests to the show certainly these guys would be on my radar for, for thinking about doing that um, have a listen to them. They're called Cryptophile. This is from a 2013 demo. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dim and Gloom. But for now, here's a little bit of nasty death to see us out. The moon's rising. We've no time to lose. Oh, careful. Here he comes. Just resting, waiting for a new life to come. <laughs>